You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. often or occasionally say to people that there is at least one person that will follow somebody they have no business following. Taking it further, there are fools that are willing to follow another fool. There is somebody crazy that can convince other folks that may or may not be crazy to follow him. Yeah. And when it comes to leaders that are in a position to where they can influence or guide people, I think it's important for us as children of God, to never follow leaders, even if it's a pastor, even if it's me, that are two things. Now, again, I'm talking specifically to children of God. You should never follow a leader, including a pastor, that may be two things. Number one, Insincere or false. You don't need to follow someone that's insincere or false. And one of the ways Solomon in the book of Proverbs 14 and 5 identified a false leader is, is that he or she will utter lies. Again, Proverbs 14 and 5, Solomon revealed that, that a leader, messenger, a one that speaks falsely, will utter lies. What it is about lies, lies are the antithesis of truth. Lies, according to John 8 and 44, originate from the devil. Bottom line, lies are demonic. 
if you're following a preacher or some other leader that lies, you're really following the devil. You're following the devil indirectly, but you're following the devil. So make up in your mind you're not going to follow a liar. Therefore, you don't need to be like some folks don't bring your Bible to church. You need to make sure you bring your Bible to church. You need to make sure you study the word of God. You pray and that you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you can truly adhere to 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 in that you're going to follow preacher. But you're going to follow preacher as preacher follows Christ. You're going to make it your business not to be following somebody that's telling you lies. Somebody that's not speaking according to the written and revealed will of God. Second uh, thing you need to understand is that you don't need to follow someone that is not being led by the Holy Spirit or the omniscient God. Why is that important? Because according to John 16 and 13, the omniscient God who is deemed the spirit of truth in that verse will guide you into all truth. And remember I said truth is the opposite or antithesis of a lie. Why do I want to follow truth? Because according to John 8, 31 and 32, truth will make you free. It will create you to be the person that God ordained for you to be. When truth gets a hold of your life, there's no way that you can live beneath what God ordained. There's no way, breaking it down, you can stay poor if truth is in your mind, coming out of your mouth, and you are walking according to it. There's no way you can stay in the place that you were before Christ and you're in Christ and walking in truth. No way you can stay there. God will bring you out. Truth saves. Truth delivers. Truth makes free. And when God makes you free, you're going to see three things manifesting. You're going to see his deliverance. You're going to see his protection. And you're going to see his prosperity. Whenever you see a preacher and a church, and the only one in the church is prospering is the preacher. There is something wrong with that church. God never ordained for one person to be prosperous in his church. God ordained for his people to be prosperous. Ordained for his people to live above only and never beneath. God ordained for his people to live such when it comes to the Old Testament the New Testament, as well as our present day and time. He told Moses in the Old Testament, let my people know that, that I want them to be the head, not the tail, to live above only and not beneath. In the New Testament, he told John, let my people know that I wish above all things that they'll prosper and be in health even as their soul does prosper. Then he turned around in the present and said, Walker, I need you to let my people know that better is here and better is 
coming. Bottom line, let my people know that I'm fulfilling what Jesus came to do in John 10.10. What did Jesus talk about in John 10.10? Jesus said, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Having more abundant life is being in a better state. It's being in a bigger state. It's experiencing what God has ordained for you to have. And I don't know about you. I want everything God has ordained for my life. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven or to the abode of God just to have nice things. I want God to bless me with nice things right here. I don't want to wait till I get to the Crystal River and walk therein and receive the health of the nation. I want God to prosper me in my health right down here. Jesus himself wanted the same thing. That's the reason he told his disciples, you need to pray that as it is in heaven, so should it be right here on earth. I'm not trying to make earth heaven, but I do want God's blessings down here as well as when I get to heaven. If I'm talking about you, tell your neighbor I feel the same way. Shout it at one more neighbor, I feel the same way. And if you truly feel the same way, you ain't going to follow no jacked up preacher. You ain't going to follow nobody that is not being led by the Holy Spirit. You're not going to follow somebody that's just going to tell you something just to be telling you something. But you're going to follow somebody that's rightly dividing the word line upon line, precept upon precept, hear a little, there a little. Because if a person is truly preaching of teaching God's word once God sends forth his word it's not going to return unto him void. It's going to manifest everything that he sent it to do. And if you have been looking with your natural eyes, you are seeing better. If you have been looking with your natural eyes, you are seeing bigger or you are seeing God manifest what he promised. If I'm telling the truth, you ought to get on your feet and high five somebody and tell them I've been seeing better and bigger. Matter of fact, if it be true, tell them I've been experiencing big, bigger and better. You have to make sure that whoever you're following in the church or outside the church is sincere and being led by the Holy Spirit. Well, I have to do what they tell me on my job. No, you don't. You do what's right. Your life has to be bigger than your job. You have to, in the church, as well as on your job, put God first. The first and great command is to love the Lord your God with all of your spirit, soul, and body. Your entire being. Nothing slack. Your entire being. Your entire life dedicated to God and that which pertains to God. Jesus so believed that to where he taught his disciples, 
in Matthew 6, 33 and following. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and watch him add other things unto you. Watch him do for you everything that he promised. But it comes with putting him first. Putting him first. Don't allow a hypocrite to cause you to go down a path God never ordained for you to go down. Let every man be a liar, but let God's word be truth. Contextually, Abimelech was an insincere person. A person that did not adhere to the spirit of God. A person contextually that had the audacity to want to continue in his father's steed but did not want to do so the way his father did it. Gideon didn't start out right. Gideon started out with a mind that was completely in contrast to the will of God. He talked in contrast to the will of God. He did in contrast to the will of God. Matter of fact, when the messenger, or angel of God showed up to Gideon, Gideon was hiding. Because he was fearful of the Midianites. And when the messenger showed up, he, he preached faith to Gideon. You know faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. According to Hebrews 11 and 1. You know faith. What a child of God is to walk by. For 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Gideon was not walking by fight, by sight. Well, by faith, he was walking by sight. And so the messenger started preaching to Gideon. Preached him, preached to him to the point to where eventually Gideon repented and started doing the will of God. Like us, we had to be preached to before we repented. Then you thought you were all right where you were, some of you, until God showed you yourself. Then you repented and started following Him. And so Gideon started walking in the will of God to the point to where he trusted God to do whatever God told him would be done. There was a time to where God told Gideon that, that, look, you got thousands of folk, but I can't give you the victory with, with thousands of folk. You can't, Lord. What you want me to do? I want you to take folk down to the river and see how they, see how they get the water. If, if you see some getting the water with their hands trying to be pretty, I want you to just set them to the side. 
But if you see some lapping it like a dog. And so finally Gideon said, hey, Lord, I, it, it was 300 the way you said they needed to be. Well, them 300 is how I'm going to give you the victory. God took 300 folk and gave Gideon victory over thousands. Over thousands. It took 300 folk. So Gideon understood when, when it came to God that you always trust him. Follow him. And not get in yourself or your flesh. Abimelech was Gideon's son. Now Gideon had a lot of sons. Yeah, he had a lot of sons. If if you'll notice in the text, uh, Gideon had sons by one lady and then he had 70 sons by another lady. Yeah, Gideon was busy. Well, and so Abimelech wanted to have his daddy's position, but he didn't want to go to God's way. Ain't it amazing you have folk want to be a preacher but don't want to do it the right way? Want to be a deacon but don't want to do it the right way. Want to be an elder but don't want, to do, don't want to do it the right way. Want to be in the choir but don't want to do it the right way. Want to play God's instruments but don't want to do it the right way. Shout at somebody say if you're going to do it. For God. Do it the right way. He wanted a godly position but didn't want to do it God's way. And that's what we have now. You, you got preachers that, that's preaching but they won't do it God's way. Y'all that like you ain't got no kinfolk like that. Everybody got at least one kinfolk that ain't got no business preaching this preaching. Not in my family. You don't know your family well then. It's at least one in everybody's family. That's doing something. He or she has no business doing. And Walker know he tell the truth don't. Yeah he do. Now he gonna do that. And, and so. Abimelech had a plan. He said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to Shechem and and talk to my family. And get them to put me in the position. Yeah, I'm going to get them to put me in the position. And and so he went to his family and and said to them, hey, hey, I got a question for y'all. Would y'all rather me? Be y'all leader of my seven and a half brothers. That's basically what he told them. Because he noticed in the text, he went to his mother's side of the family. 
So see, he wanted them to go along with him and forget his half-brothers. He said, look, I'm y'all blood. You, you know, way back then, they believed blood was thicker than what? Just like how some of us believe right now. And ain't nobody trying to turn you against your kinfolk. But if, but if your uncle low down, he just low down. You can't make no low down uncle right. If he low down, he just low down. That's my uncle. I'm going to stick with him. You stick with somebody low down if you want to. But if my uncle low down, I ain't dealing with him, period. You hear me? But it's your choice. And, and so the only thing he could put before them is, is look, I'm your, I'm your blood. I'm your kin. And y'all don't want no 74 that ain't no kin to y'all being your leader. And so th- this is the sad thing right here. Notice contextually that he calls their heart to be inclined toward him to the point to where they talk to other folk about making him a leader in Shechu. And likewise, their hearts were also inclined or persuaded to follow Abimelech. And then they said, well, he our blood. That's our kinfolk. You ever heard folks say, you know me and him, we could. <laughs> what that mean? How many know everybody got at least one lowdown? Kin person. Some of y'all in denial. I'm gonna pray for you. You in denial right now. See, see, everybody in here, you got you got at least one person you some kin to, you hope never show up to church. You don't want certain folks to meet that kin person. Because, see, you've been trying to be all sedated, and then all of a sudden, here come this Kemper. we like, oh, okay. Yeah, you've been trying to act like you. I'm being comical, but what I'm, what I'm trying to get you to understand is you cannot just agree to something just because somebody is related to you. There are churches all over this world that that are family owned. And the family controls whatever goes on in the church. Can have a nice name. But his family, oh. 
If the family don't want the preacher there, the preacher ain't going to be there. If, if the family decide the club owner, the one that owned the do drop in need to be a deacon, that's what? He going to be a deacon. Yeah, we know, we know she's shaking it every Saturday at the strip club, but that girl can sing. She's going to be on the praise team. Well, you know she down there and she be picking up them dollars, but she can sing. She's going to be on the praise team, preacher. It ain't nothing you can do about it. I know my nephew got some sugar in him, but my nephew going to play that organ every Sunday, whether you like it or not, preacher. You have to understand that one of the most dangerous things is when you have family in control of something that God should be in control of. The church should never become a democracy. It should always remain a theocracy. God in charge. If it's not according to the scripture, don't do it. The preacher is not bigger than the scripture. The deacon is not bigger than the scripture. You, ha- you, have, you have preachers that feel they are the dictator because they are the pastor. The devil is a liar. The only one in charge is God. God ordained his church to be theocracy he ordained when when it came to his leaders to be led by him whether directly or indirectly but again here we have a bimblage like people in our day and time that desired his family to put him in a leadership position and they bypass the law of God, and did it. And and, and abimbledge to make sure when nobody protested, kill all his half-brothers. Kill all of them. Y'all ain't gonna be able to say nothing about this. I'm gonna kill all y'all. And see, you know, you know what Jesus called the devil in John 8? Not only a liar, but a murderer. See, once you start lying, you'll start killing too. You may not physically kill, but you will kill folk with your mouth. Remember Proverbs 18 and 21? Death and are in the power of the tongue. And so they put him. In a godly position. Gideon's position. 
that then turned around and, and got money from the temple of Baal and gave him money. We're we giving you this money, but remember, we put you where you are. We put you where you are. And so, at the time, no doubt, he was a happy man and got what he wanted. But I'm going to know everything you may want and get is not good for you. But more so than that, it's not a blessing. What he wanted was a curse that he thought was a blessing. And he ended up getting it. And, and so here this jacked up, low down leader took the money that he had and went. And hired some more folk to follow him. Hired folk to follow him. And though the people that, that he hired to follow him are described as worthless and reckless. Truth be told, everybody I done talked about thus far in the text is worthless and reckless. Matter of fact, everybody I done mentioned that's associated with the text, that cousin of yours, that know he ain't got no business preaching. Is worthless and reckless. And before you get mad at me, let me just deal with worthless and reckless. But keep in mind followers that are worthless and reckless. And before you look at your cousin, pull out that imaginary mirror. And look at yourself. Because nobody in here needs to be a worthless and reckless follower. Worthless. Of no sincere or real value. No true value as it pertains to God's word. No value. God said be dedicated. You're not. Of no real value when it comes to his word. Worthless. How 
find so-and-so doing that. I know he used to be, be on fire. Well, he ain't on fire no more. Is he still doing such a... Every now and then he do. He's still an asset. Well, he, he, he come to church, but if he come, he come. If he don't, he don't. He ain't. He's not a real asset. If he do right, he will be, but the way he planned was tough. No, he's not a real asset. Well, is brother so-and-so still one of your? No, we had to set him down. Why? He started doing worthless things and therefore became worthless. Started thinking, talking, and doing things that were were unworthy of the position and therefore became worthless. It was not the will of God for him to end up worthless. But his choices caused him to enter into a state of worthlessness. They didn't give him but 70 shekels, so he went and, and, and tried to get what he could. I ain't got much, so I'm just going to have to get somebody that ain't, that ain't of much use, but maybe they'll do a little something. And you have folk that, that yeah, he is minister so-and-so, but he ain't. Lord told me it was going to be silent this morning. That's when we had a hallelujah party before I got started. You're amazing. I guess so Shanique to come back up here after I'm done. See, you can never get to the point to where you become unworthy to God. You never need to get to the place to where God looks at you and, and, and decrees worthless. I can't use him anymore. God would never do that, Pastor. Yes, sir. He said to the prophet Samuel, I'm done with Saul. I'm done with him, Samuel. I found me somebody else. And Samuel, they're they're better than him. Now get this. David was not better than Saul in the sense of of his force doing the wrong thing because David did more wrong than Saul. 
But see, David's thing was, if I do wrong, and if he show me that I'm doing wrong, I'm going to repent, get this thing right, because I don't want to. Be found out of the will of God. David pleaded with God on one occasion. Said, Lord, whatever you do, don't you take your Holy Spirit away from me. Implication, he knew he had messed up. He knew God had a right to take from him what he had gave him. But David so craved the presence and the power of God to where he pleaded in prayer for God not to take away his spirit. See, the reason Saul was so worthless is that Saul would mess up but then try to act like he ain't done nothing. And you have folk like that in the church. You have folk that like to shift the blame. You messed up. You did it. But no, you ain't going to accept that it was your fault. That you were the dirty one. You're going to try to put it on somebody. Samuel showed up one day. He said, hey, Saul, you know God told you to do such and such. And, and, and why didn't you do such and such? And so... Saul, so, well, I did obey God. And so Sam said, well, if you obey God, why in the world am I still hearing that sheep God told you to kill? God told you to kill all them sheep, but I'm hearing sheep, Saul. Well, I know you're hearing sheep, but it, that ain't my fault because the people wanted to keep the sheep and sacrifice them unto the most high God. And so Samuel said to Saul, has the Lord as great delight in sacrificing than obedience? No, Saul, to obey God is better than sacrifice. I'm going to tell you something that, that you need to have in your being. If you're wrong, you're just wrong. Well, I, I just had this much of a point. Well, if you wrong, you just wrong, baby. Don't try to shift. God don't like that shift thing. Don't, don't try to shift. I learned when I read that about Saul. Oh, Lord, I ain't shifting no more. I come before, Lord, not my brother, not my sister. Yeah, right here, Lord. I messed up. He was worthless because he always tried to shift the blame. Now, as you look at yourself in that mirror, is it something in your life that God can deem you worthless because of this, that, and the other? You know yourself. Could God look at you like he looked at Saul and say, you know, I can't use you no more because you are such and such. You come when you want to come. You don't come when I tell you to come. You gifted, but you're lazy. See, your neighbor, pastor just trying to figure out what's in your mirror. Okay. Just trying to figure out what's in your mirror. 
But then he went on not only to talk about the followers as being worthless, but reckless, irresponsible. I said irresponsible. Don't care how they do stuff. Just going to throw it together. Just irresponsible, not doing it the way it, it should be done. And you got folk like that in the church. Wait, I know he said do it that way, but yeah, just put that thing on there and go on. No, it's got to be right. Well, you know, pastor got an order to, well, when we have church, we, we do it just like this. We're going to have an MC, and then we're going to do this, that, and the other. Ooh, kata, but I feel led, even though y'all got such and such order to do such and such. Shikete. You can shikete and hokete and mokete, but God like things done how? And what? It's one thing to be led, but it's another thing to be led on your own and by God. God ain't going to break his order. God is not going to break his order. He loves things to be done decently and in order. He will allow us to be ourselves. He will allow us to do certain things, but he wants his Word, his service, his things to be done. Help me. But folk can be reckless, even in the church. And, And see, biblically, when people became reckless on one occasion, it cost a man his life. David had got excited about going to get the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of God. And and so he took singers and soldiers and priests to get the Ark of God. And so they went and got the Ark of God and, and, and they were just so happy. Boy, they had the music going. They was having church. I mean, just, just going. But, but as they were going with the Ark of the Covenant, the Bible mentions that they had put the Ark, get this, on a new cart. On a new cart. A little wagon with wheels on it. And so when they came across Nathan's threshing floor, the ark started to shift a little. One of the men that were helping with the ark touched it. He touched the ark. And when he touched it, he not only fell, he fell dead. He fell dead because he was irresponsible. The Ark of the Covenant was never to be touched except by 
certain people. See, there are certain things in the church that, that, that should never be done by just anybody. Well, why Mr. So-and-so always got, because that's, that's what that position requires. And so, the music stopped. It probably was as quiet as it is right now. <laughs> Everything just ceased. And, and so David, he, he stopped dancing. And so what they did, they left the Ark of the Covenant at Obed-Edom's house. And they went on because they were like, ain't no way we, gonna, we can keep doing this and folk keep falling dead. We got to figure out what's going on. But, but David came to find out from consulting the priests that the reason the man had died was because of being irresponsible. Not just on his part, but all of them in reference to those who ordered them to put it on the new cart, David allowing it, and so forth. They were just being irresponsible. They didn't follow God's order. It's just like if we, we become irresponsible and don't follow God's word, there's no telling what curse will come upon this church. No telling what kind of curse will come upon ministries if, if we don't make sure every ministry is lined up with the word of God. Y'all elect y'all scared. Y'all listening? He was irresponsible. And so we, we learn from what happens in scripture. Why is that? Because Paul said the things that were written before time were written for our learning. Were written so we wouldn't mess up. Were written so we wouldn't become reckless. We wouldn't become worthless. Never want to be to the point to where I call myself a minister, but I am acting irresponsible. Call myself such and such, but I'm acting irresponsible because it can cause me. But that's who he hired. And I'm telling you, a jacked up leader has no problem with jacked up followers. I tell everybody, the place of refuge is not for everybody. See, the Bible talks about how people will, will in the latter days look for teachers, look for preachers that will make them feel comfortable. I don't like to make folk feel comfortable on my own. You hear me? I like to do what does saith God. And sometimes what God says will make you uncomfortable. But there are times it will make you feel good. But, I'm, I, but I believe what Jesus said in Matthew 4 and 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every. Every. Say to your neighbor, every. every. The, good, the good. The hard. The, hard, the, challenging, the challenging. Every word, every word of God. 
in my clothes. If we don't need to be reckless or worthless when it comes to being followers, what do we need to be? The antithesis. And I'm only going to give you one antithesis of each. One, the first, the first is the antithesis of worthless. That being rare. Say to your neighbor, you don't want to be worthless. You want to be rare. When you're rare, you're, you're not only special, but you're scarce. There are not many like you. See, see, some of you, if you get mad and leave, it'll, it'll be easy to replace you. I shouldn't have said it like that. That just, Lord, have mercy. why I have to say it like, Lord, preacher, wait. Forgive me, I shouldn't have said it like that. That was just so wrong to say like that. Even though it's true, but it just. Say to your neighbor, we need to be rare. Yeah. Need to be notable to the point to where folks say, you know what, that sister right there, she goes the extra mile because she understands that biblically folk in ministry were addicted to it. It didn't matter if they had just a small part to do or a large part. Whatever they had to do, they were addicted to doing it the way it needed to be done. It don't matter if, if, you're, if, if all you do is just make sure the speakers are in place. If you just do that right... That says that you're rare. Can't nobody put them speakers up there right like brother so-and-so. Can't nobody put them speakers up there so you can make sure you hear yourself. But like brother so-and-so, what does that say? He's rare. It's just whatever you do for God, you make it your business to do it your best to the point to where you don't play around with it. You're going to make sure you do right. You, you, if, you go on, if you know you're emceeing Sunday, you're going to make sure you done been in that mirror about 10 times just looking at yourself, how you're going to do it. You're going to make sure you got your tie right. You're going to make sure you got this, that, and the other in order. Why? You want to make sure you are the best person you can be when you're doing what God has ordained for you to do. Why? God deserves your best and his people deserve your best. How many agree with that? Finally. What is it about Reckless. If, if, if I'm not reckless, what I, am I? What is the antithesis? If I'm not reckless, it says about me, I am responsible. I'm a responsible person. I'm responsible. I'll do what I need to do. I'll take care of of what I need to take care of. I won't try to do more or less if that's not what you tell me. If you just want it to be this way, that's how it's going to be. 
I won't try to put my little cherry on top of it. If you don't want the cherry, I'll just leave it just like it is. How many understand? And so instead of being reckless and worthless, no, we want to be rare and responsible. I'm going to tell you what happened to uh, a bimbledge. Some of y'all probably, while I've been teaching you, maybe I read on here, but I'm going to tell you anyway. This is what happened. God calls a spirit of ill will to come between a bimbledge and his kinfolk. You know, one of the worst fights is when, when kinfolk get mad at each other. Y'all remember coming up here and about the, the Hatfields and the McCoys who both be kinfolk? And so uh, Abimelech was trying to flee somewhere. He went to this particular tower, trying to get in this tower. It was a woman up in the top of the tower that, that noticed somebody was trying to get in. She took a rock, big rock. That woman had good aim. She had to have good aim. And she looked down and she took that big rock and just dropped it and hit, it, hit him on the head and he fell. He fell. And before, and, and he knew he was going to die, and he, he told his armor bearer, he said, hey, kill me, so it won't be said that a woman killed me with a rock. <laughs> That's how we died. That's how we died. A worthless death. He reaped what he sowed. And I'm done. Let's get a lot of hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.